Delighted now to be joined by Michael Connery and David Morris of Curfin GA. Um, was firstly to start off looking ahead to the biggest show in town this weekend, uh, Go and Mayo in McHale Park on Sunday at four o'clock, uh, which the game will be live on RTE as well. Um, Michael, coming to you first, um, as a player, was this always the one game you'd look forward to straight away? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the only show in town on the calendar in relation to Connacht. Absolutely. Um, it was for me anyway. I live in the border, so I'm literally um, if you go a, a mile past Ballandine, you're in Milltown, which is which is Galway. You know what I mean? So for us, it was um, for me and the likes of Colin Boyle when we were playing with Mayo that time. This was this was the game, but it is for Mayo and and Galway as well. It's the local rivals, and I suppose. Um, Ross Common have come into the mix the last the last while. They've, they've picked up a couple of titles in, in the last five or six years as well. And I suppose Leitrim, Leitrim and Sligo are, are, are uh, trying to get under that umbrella. The, the top three, if you want. And I suppose that's the reality. And um, they haven't won in a long, long time either of them. So um, if you could get, if you could beat Galway, um, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're on the road to, to get to a Connacht final or in a Connacht final. And then you're out into the All-Ireland series. But uh, yeah, listen, this was always the one you'd look forward to. And, Especially now, I think it's 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 huge now because the last two years, I suppose, you know, Mayo have have got the better of all and won the last two Connacht titles in the knockout um, championships, if you want. So this one is is a big one. It's down in the Cale Park. I think it's going to be a full house and something that I haven't heard, but I, I'd say it's going to be a, a full house. And it's a great one for both teams. And, you know, everybody's under pressure. The, the last two games of, of, that we've seen them here is, is you know, Mayo saw them against Kerry. It didn't, didn't go really well for them as well. And, you know, Galway asked a couple of questions by Ross Common and, and, and didn't didn't answer, I suppose, um, in the league final, if you want, um, after, after Ross Common beat them the week before. You know, sometimes you see that when they go with a weaker team and stuff like that, and then they go, they go the following week, you think they're going to get a win, and they don't. So they've been asked, you know, I suppose really only the big question they've been asked was, what's the league final? And then they failed to get over it because I'm not sure how strong Division 2 is. They might know a bit more of that, but I've seen a couple of teams in it and they've been really, really weak. So this, this is huge for everybody and huge for... Um, Definitely huge for Mayo as well uh, on, on, on the injury and stuff like that. And I, I genuinely see it probably in around 50-50. I, I, I do very well to split them considering from what I'm hearing from the Mayo camp that, that Robbie Hinley might be out, Paddy Durkin won't start, Jordan Flynn is definitely gone. So, you know, they're three three big players and definitely players that would, would have been starting. So you take them out, Killeen is only back or is he back? Will he start? Um, and I suppose... Then you have you know the goal with forwards to, to contend with them and and it's it's look at it's, it's small water and, and there's loads of things that, that could happen or will they happen or won't they happen but we will see I suppose on Sunday after uh, after four o'clock throwing you know David obviously it was a positive league for goal getting promotion back to Division One but I suppose the big question mark going into this weekend is. Like how will go is set up? Because if you just look at that goal they conceded against Roscommon, where there's four bodies around Jeremy Merta and he's able to spin off. And like I suppose the big question is their defensive structure this weekend. Yeah, Paul, it's it's a huge question, and uh, it's probably a question for Mayo as well. I I don't think Mayo are as strong defensively as they have been in previous years, but definitely Galway. Galway had a fantastic league. I was just looking back on some of the numbers. Like, you know, their average was 28 shots a game. 
21 shots conceded. They had big gaps right up until Roscommon. And, and Roscommon, maybe you could say, yeah, that, that was kind of Division One standard. Uh, and and that, that showed a few gaps. And as you said, they were open defensively. Literally, any time Roscommon got the ball, you know, there was a good chance of them scoring. And Roscommon did really well off kickouts, which is surprising for a Roscommon team. But, you know, they seem much better drilled this year, much more organised. I'd say Porrick Joyce probably has a few selections. I think he matched up in different ways uh, the last day. Um, you know, Kieran Malloy had, had a man-marking role on it, and Smith, Sean Kelly was out around the middle. I'd imagine if you're playing Mayo, you really need to tighten it up at the back. You know, and Ryan O'Donoghue here, I'm just looking at a chart of shots and assists. He's off the chart. You know, firstly, you have to focus on him. And it's not like, you know, the likes of Orm, etc., cetera, are, are poor, but, you, you know, you need to come up with a plan for him. Um, and if you can take him out of the game, you do need to man-mark, you know, Matty Ruan coming from the middle. Uh, he didn't have a great league final, I'll have to say, by his own standard. I think he only one assist. I'm not sure even a shot or two. So, uh, yeah, you do need to tighten up that area. And, and you don't, you wonder, is this a game that Galway might be a bit defensive? Uh, or will they push up and have the higher press? We all know Mayo are going to press really high. You know, I'd like to ask uh, Mikey's views on that. But James Warren likes to press high, likes to battle around the middle of the field. We're going to get a big pitch here. That may not suit Galway. If this Mikhail Park surface is as quick, if the pitch is as long as we think it is, you know, Galway around the middle mightn't have the same mobility as Mayo. So does Porrick and, and Galway just tighten it up a bit at the back and counterattack because Galway have a few forwards? You know, because when Galway get the ball here, they will score. There's no doubt about that. You know, they have the talent. Uh, and if, if, James goes with James Horan goes with a man-to-man -man press. Gold. We have a few people who would beat a man-to-man -man press just by one-to-one. -one. So you know, there, there's uh, yeah, there's lots of different factors here. But I, I could see Galway trying to keep this a bit tighter, maybe than what they have done in the rest of the league. And do you feel Galway have it in them to go defensive because it's not exactly a way Port Joyce has approached a lot of games this year? Yeah, but I, I, they've certainly done better this year in terms of their defence and whether that's Keane O'Neill coming in, but their tackling has been much better, particularly around the middle of the field. They have tightened up. You know, moving Sean Kelly out, that's a big loss to any full back line. They, they do need to tighten it up. And the question from defensive is, where, where do you get your rest of the defensive structure from? So it, it isn't really going to come from Paul Conroy. Who's going to play with him uh, in that sphere? Do you put a defender there? Does someone like Paul Kelly come in? who probably has that ability to cover. Do you play a Patrick Kelly in the wing forward or, um, you know, Patrick Kelly from Montbellu or do you get Finney and Ali to come back and plug? The, you know, does, does he go with a plus one at the back or a sweeper? That would be the easiest way to clog it up, but then you're taken away from your attack. But yeah, he, he will need to nullify there uh, and ask some different questions because the whole thing for goal is, can they get their hands on the ball? Right now, their kickout malfunctioned against Roscommon. Um, Mayo's kickout is much better. You know, Mayo score forty percent of their scores from their own kickouts. Galway is less than thirty, so Galway need to get their hands on the ball. Uh, so that will be the key ass. And if they can do that, I think they'll do damage. Michael, just um, back to you there about Mayo. Obviously, the key question this weekend is: Does Killian start or not? Does he start for you? Oh yeah, if it was me, always. Yeah. Um, no, look at. I'm not a medical expert or a physio or a doctor or anything like that. Has he much training done? I haven't. I don't. I don't know. I. I. What I do know, he's back about maybe five weeks, uh, which is not a long time to get up to the the pitch of the game. But one thing about Killian is, in fairness to him, he 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 always came back really strong. Now that might have been when he was from twenty to twenty six or seven or whatever like that. Once you go into get close to thirty, it probably gets a lot harder. And he is twenty nine, you know. But his ability to come back, he's very very strong mentally. His ability to come back. 
from injury is, is very, very good. Um, I know 2014, if I'm right, maybe maybe 13, 13, 14, um, he came back from, from a bad shoulder injury. Um, hadn't played any game in Connacht, came on at halftime against London and finished up with something like 3-3 three, three and was man the match. Do you know what I mean? Okay, you can say it's London or whatever. But we were actually, I think we were behind when he came on at halftime. Now we ended up winning the game pretty pretty well, but um, he just has this knack of, of getting there, keeps the body in very, very good shape. He's meant, meant, mentally really, really strong. And yeah, for I, I'd be having him there at 14, 100%. And I, and I think he needs to, you know, because we need to ask, you know, I suppose, uh, different questions. If it's only Ryan, up to, I think, the last, and it's probably the same, now, but up to the last round or two of the league, Ryan was was uh, the top scorer. I think Jason Doherty came in underneath him, and after that was the two midfielders. So if you've only two of the six firing, you're you're in trouble. Like, do you know what I mean? So we're going to need more. Um, Killian will give you that uh, extra element of, of attack play. He's very efficient with it, with his shot ratio as well, and obviously he's the highest scorer of all time in in the world. If you want, never mind Ireland. So um, yeah, look at I I'd be playing him. I definitely be playing him, and I I definitely think. Ryan needs a bit of help in there with maybe Jason Doherty um, and, and and hopefully Jeremy O'Connor will get back in there and they all need to start chipping him with scores and, and, and help Ryan out, I suppose. And Danny, I suppose you're the neutral here with this uh, go Mayo game uh, this weekend. How are you seeing this one go? Um, I, th- I think Mayo won the game. Um, I suppose, respectfully, I'm going to disagree with, with Michael in, in that I wouldn't start killing O'Connor. I think even the last game that he came in, uh, don't get me wrong, he wasn't on very long, but uh, I think the match fitness is, championship match fitness is, is a different level altogether. And I think if the game is tight, uh, where can you make that change? Where can Mayo lift the team, lift the supporters and and there will be no nobody better than Killian. And absolutely I've no doubt that he's worked extremely hard and he's five weeks five weeks uh, back into full training. But I do think uh, 20, 25, 30 minutes from him uh, if required would be would be far, far better, far better for the team, far better for him himself. Um and and kind of uh, Get get Mayo over the line. I do think they'll win the game um, without Killian, given the bit of experience that they have. Even last year, going through big games without him, uh, Randall Donoghue has been has been absolutely phenomenal and has taken them on that mantle fantastically well. But as Mike rightly said, he's he's the all time top scorer and he'll definitely come back into the team. But I wouldn't rush him. I think you got to look at the long term here. Uh, for Mayo and um, I think they'll have enough to, to, to get past Galway uh, and again that might uh, you might like the sound of that Paul but <laughs> again massive reservations over the, the Galway defence and uh, how they set up I just think they're they're they're, they're very licky uh, during Joyce's time I don't think he solved that problem uh, personally and yes the, the he got promoted out of Division 2 but still I think there's huge question marks over that. The Shane Walsh and the Conroy, obviously, Conroy obviously that are two of the fine, finest footballers is in the country. But you know, outside of that, I, I think they could really struggle further on down the line. Mayo have a lot more in their armory, um, and then with with O'Connor coming back as well, um, I think Mayo are better uh, set up to to hit the All Ireland hard this year again. Um, 
listen, it wouldn't surprise me if they go down our final. Uh, but as I say, the long term for them is, is getting the silver. That's ultimately where, where this is going to fall. Where Mayo going to fall down. They need silver. They need they need an all iron title. This team does. And, and look at Lee Keegan, O'Connor, and stuff like that. They're coming to the end now. Um, they're coming to the end of their careers. And, and it's now and ever for them. That's what I would say. David, just on, um, I suppose, the Galway team, like you, you mentioned there, Sean Kelly was moved out to midfield. Do you expect him to go back into the full-back line now this weekend? Yeah, yeah, I'd say everyone does at this stage. He, he didn't have a great game uh, out around the middle, and, and Sean, is, you know, Sean is a fine footballer. Like, you know, you look at some of the Sigerson clips and the damage he can do, even from full-back. I think he's a fantastic footballer. Um, I did see the down game and I know he was caused a bit of trouble in terms of long direct ball and the, the start of the second half there down with the win but apart from that he's an excellent fullback he, he's actually much stronger than people think um, you know and that if Aidan O'Shea went in there he, he's the guy that would pick him up with that physicality so very very versatile player and yeah, the, yeah Danny is right Galway need to tighten up I, I do think they have tightened up to a certain degree uh, but Mayo will cause them a different uh, challenge. You know, when we looked at Roscommon, Roscommon got through too easy. Uh, Roscommon are very good on the ball and they have natural forwards, but they did cause them too many problems. Um, the one thing I would say is, you, you know, you, you take out Ryan O'Donoghue uh, and maybe Killian. I'm not sure this forward line, particularly for Mayo, that they average over one goal shot per game, which is very low. Uh, you know, they haven't been hitting the goals. You know, that being said, they could open up at the weekend but they don't pose as much of a goal threat as previous Mayo teams have. Um, so, you know, so there's an opportunity there for Galway, but you, you do need to take out those key players for Mayo uh, to have a chance. And just then, like, who do you expect to go with Conrad? Because we've seen Paul Kelly at the start of the league and then he didn't feature towards the end of the league. Um, I, I don't know. Do you put Matthew Tierney in there? He has the range. McLaughlin came on, won two kickouts, looked impressive. You know, so McLaughlin is one of those guys that's going to play midfield for Galway. Uh, whether they have both have the mobility, um, because I think what Galway have is they have very good attacking midfielders. You know, Paul Connery was at five points from play. He's exceptional. But a small bit like Aidan O'Shea in a real high tempo game, you know, around the middle, do these guys last 70 minutes anymore? And if not, who comes in? Uh, and do they have that defensive ability? Because you do need a a match around midfield, you know, you need that those Connor Milers coming around helping out your midfielders. Uh, and right now, Galway are just just around that middle area. You know, I, I just saw against Roscommon, they only took the ball off Roscommon three times around that middle area, which is a concern. Uh, typically, that would be six or seven or eight times. So, who partners? I don't know. It depends on where you get defensive shape from. Yeah, most of those lads can play, but it's it's going to be. I don't think you'll see two midfielders there. I think you'll see a bit of mixing and matching from Galway where Matthew Tierney could come in. If Paul Kelly is playing, he hasn't played in the last while, he could come in. Damien Comer will also come. You know, Damien's that versatile player for Galway that if you need him, he'll have to go there. And um, you know, I, I would even say someone like Shane Walsh would cause a lot of problems if he just popped up into midfield based on his athletic ability. I, I think that would cause problems as well for the Mayo midfielders who are also more attack-minded, uh, I would say. Michael, if you if you're looking at the matchups from a Mayo perspective, like obviously two key men for Mayo to stop are Comer and Walsh. And who do you expect to pick them up? 
I say Lee Keegan and Ushi Mullen. Well, it depends. See, it, it, it's all speculation, I suppose, because at, at the moment we don't know the two teams. Nobody, nobody knows the teams, but the two camps, roughly, yeah. or the two managers, right? So the speculation is that Paddy Durkin is out, that uh, Rob Hindley is out, and, and that Jordan Flynn is out. And, you know, more than likely, the, these boys are never too far away, you know? So Paddy Durkin plays, he definitely goes to Shane Walsh. He normally does. Um, now, look at, I was looking back at, at last year's game and, 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 um, Shane Walsh had, a, had an excellent first half um, on Paddy Durkin and they changed up pushing one on him. So, you know, I'd be saying if 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 um if, if they go down that route and they'll probably go pushing one and he's probably more athletic to, to Shane Walsh if he goes to 11 or wherever he goes, even if he goes to midfield, pushing one will probably pick him up if he's fit. And then I'd say because Lee Keegan has played a lot of the football and full back line the last few years, he go to Comer because Comer does drift, drift out a bit as well and it, it is suit um, Keegan. But look, they're two fascinating matchups and you know the the four players I'm talking about there are exceptional. Shane Walsh for me is one of the best in the business. Um, just a, a gifted, a gifted talent. So like you know, it's not even a case of who marks him. It's a case of who'll slow him down a bit. Like you know what I mean. This guy is going to get on the score sheet. He's going to get scores from play and freeze. It's just a case of how many or can you limit his 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 um his take on the game and his influence on the game. If you want, he, he you know a brilliant player and he's always. Always played well, uh, you know. He normally always comes to the comes to the fore from goal. We need him. He, he, I don't know. Had he won two or won three last year? Um, but one thing I will say, and on the flip of that, right? Um, last year's game was 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 funny. It was up in Cove Park. It was fast paced tempo, and uh, goal went in five points ahead at half time. Um, and didn't score for twenty five minutes in the second half. Do you know what I mean? Um, so with all these good players and good forwards and Walsh and Comer, they're all on. I know Fernandez was gone up at that stage. Um. You know, Mayo held them scoreless for twenty five minutes, uh, and and the score was was it was a top over from Tierney the free that came. Finished scored three points in the second half. So go, we're going to have to play for seventy minutes, or as or as close to it as they can to to um to, to be in the game uh, definitely. So look at it; it's interesting, but I I don't think it's against the matchups. The case who can slow down Shane Welch or who can you know hold Damien Comer if they can. Um, but they're the two guys I'd be I'd be looking at maybe Porik Bahora. Um, but then again, would you want you know the likes of Desi Keneally might. Might um might support Cahora as well. He's low centre of gravity, and both are pretty fast. And you know, both have fancied themselves on each other, no doubt about it. Um, but who comes out on top? And then you is the case you want to say, listen, if we take Desi out, then we've him nullified there, and we'll slow down Comer, we'll slow down Walsh. And you know, Finnerty is a, is a very very good shooter. His efficiency is, is very good, so he needs watching as well. So, but you know, it, it, while there's two, there's go we have more. In fairness, they are probably more up front than, than than Mayo. They definitely have. And like just on that from a defensive perspective from that league final, obviously well highlighted at this stage about poor Cahora going on Clifford. Do you think that was maybe Mayo holding something back in the league final? Like, do you expect them to be? Yeah, like there's a lot of you know, uh, talk about that. Sure, like it's hilarious. Like, are you telling me that 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 you know even PJ would say in in, in the Division Two final, Jeff Four, I'm going into the Division One final. They're going to say, "Now, listen, we're not too bothered with this." Like I, I can't see it. You, what, what do you want to send your players like before? You know, in 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 the build up, and we're not too bothered about winning a, a bit of trophy in Cove Park and going up the steps or anything like that. I, I don't think so. Um, possibly you might say, listen, we're going to play like this. I, I still don't think this now. By the way, um, you might say, listen, we're going to play the way we play, but when the championship comes, we'll play a totally different way. Are you going to do that either? Really, do you know what I mean? Because if you do, if you decide to go one certain way and it doesn't work. Then you're going. Mm, maybe we should have gone the other way and and and, and kept it a bit tighter, you know. Um, but the one thing about oh, I suppose, about, oh, 
that was the one thing. That's the one thing that would concern me about Horn in relation to that National League final, and it was the fact that he didn't he didn't look uh, for me down the road um, for them in the championship. Possibly they could they run in the challenge in the semi final or all Ireland final. And I thought it was a perfect opportunity to, for James Horn to see if he could negate Clifford on that carry forward lines attack. So if he could do that, of course he could he could take on Galway's forward line because most people recognise that Kerry are probably up there as the best forward line in the country. So why Horn didn't take that opportunity to try something like not to put Paul Gohara on David Clifford? In my mind, was was madness when Lee Keegan. It was crying out for Lee Keegan to go back and do that man Morgan job. Even that does take away from Lee Keegan's job, um, but it was crying out for that. And even the play sweeper in front of Clifford, even if he didn't move five or ten meters away from the front of Clifford, you're kind of plugging that gap and seeing what else the carry forwards can do if Clifford's not around them. Uh, you know, and for me, that was the most disappointing aspect of of Horn's approach to that National League final. I agree with you. It was, it, it was, there was something that does not up if you're going in and saying, we're, we're just going to give it a last slash. Well, if we win it, we win it. If we don't, we don't. But at the end of the day, National League title is still, is still one of the three main cup competitions. And for for him to take that approach um, and and to, to leave O'Hara on it when, when quite clearly things needed to change, um, I, I thought was was baffling for me, you know, and it, it really, it only adds to the question marks that people and supporters and neutrals and even male fans would have out there. Does Horn have what it takes? And I think he's a he's a superman, but does he have it have what it takes to take Mayo this Mayo team over the line? And that's the big question. That's the big question. So um, sorry for interrupting there. It's just uh, when when you mentioned that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Look at yeah. It's it's see see. I suppose the league final is, is like this. Uh, if you want to call it the horn way of play, you know, the horn ball, a lot of people like to call it, right? So he's running or he's pressing it high. You, you go with a plus one or an extra man or a seventh defender, whatever you want to call it, this this language nowadays. You, you would say it's a plus one. You're taking it in front more than likely win forward and you're, you're, your full forward is going to come out or whatever it is and, and then you have a two, right? But then, then the team you're playing against are going to carry the ball out easy. You know what I mean? So while you're stopping one side, you, you know, you're not slowing down the ball. It's, it's like... In, in the modern game, six defenders will get out against five, nine times out of ten, very, very easily. Um, so it's, it's very hard to know. Do you go full press up high or do, do, you, know, do you compact it to maybe the 65? I probably, if I was a, the male manager, which I'm not going to be, by the way, but um, if I was doing it against Kerry in the league final, I'd probably retreat to maybe the 65 around midfield and, and kind of you know try and slow them down from there. Um, and, and you know, I, I suppose whether it's a Park or, or, or whoever the best defender in Ireland is at the minute, David, David Clifford is nearly unmarkable. Again, he's like, he's, he's in the same bracket as Shane Walsh. You just slow him down and see what you can, you can hold him to. Um, I think it got to a stage in the league final where there were four or five ahead and it was nearly gone. Uh, and at that stage, it, was, it didn't really matter. Let's just play it out and see it out. And that's kind of when Clifford got the goal, the gaps were, were wide open and, 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 it, and it was over. So look, it's, 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 it's gone. It's interesting. We're not management. We probably should be because we're we're experts, but um, we're not. Um, so you know, once you're in the inside line, you're in training in Mikhail Park or up in Loch George and Galway. They're seeing the boys. Um, we can make out and they know what they're doing. So um, we got we got to trust that. And David, do you see uh, attacking game both sides going at it, or do you think this is going to be quite a defensive game? Um, 
I suppose it depends. On, I, I think that the boys are right about James Oren. He pushes up and he's aggressive and that's how he's made his name. Where he'll be disappointed in the, in the Kerry game, I, I think the Clifford one was an experiment and you see if it goes right and it, it didn't go right, but who would have? But he's probably looking at Connor Loftus and he's looking at Gavin White skinning him and creating the extra man. He's looking at cornerbacks coming up the field unopposed. He's looking at Paddy Clifford running right up the middle. And, and he has more questions. I don't think he's focused on the, the horror one. Um, I, I think he's focused on the middle and that middle work rate because if Mayo don't have that, you know, then then they're they're an average side. But that's what Mayo bring. They bring man on man physicality. As Danny mentioned, their bench is a huge factor, uh, and and Michael mentioned that as well around last year. So the impact of the bench definitely is is in Mayo's favour. Um, I do think Porrick will need to be a bit defensive, particularly. Stepping up from D2, Division 2 into Division 1, you just want to make sure you're in the game at halftime. So he's going to have to be a bit more cautious. And, you know, if, if you're cautious here, then I think it could be a lower scoring game, particularly at the start. So Mayo will want a real high tempo, a high press. But if Galway sit back and get them on the counter, I, I think we're learning that, you know, that Mayo team, the, the couple of defenders are there. And look, I, I'll say something controversial here. I'm not sure Lee Keegan is having his best year by any means. I know he was on the team of the year. Hasn't scored this year. I haven't seen him attacking. And also as a defender, I don't think it worked out very well from a Crow Park the last day. So I actually think O'Hora will go on Damien Comer. I, I think he has the physical strength to match him up, whether he's the pace or power. But it's, it's going to be really, really interesting on that. And, you know, will the likes of a Michael Plunkett maybe just start to drop off lads and go in there and cover some of that space around there? That will be interesting because, as Michael said, then that allows Galway to build up a bit better. Uh, gives me a bit of defensive shape. So there's a lot of things happening here. The last point in the league final, you know, the concern for me was the amount of ball that they gave away. It's not like them. Normally they're very efficient, but just looking at the numbers, uh, I have the GA insights numbers here. Kerry scored 313 from turnovers and Mayo scored four points from turnovers. Like that's how far off it Mayo were on that day. I, I do expect them to be much better against Galway, but that's a huge gap by any means for a team that wants to be competitive in, in at the latter end of the championship. Yeah, that's a great stat there from that league final. But just on the Galway side of things, um, do you, like who goes on Moran because he caused so much damage that year in um, the kind of final, uh, David? You just have to man mark Moran. You just got to treat him like an attacker. I, I I don't see him great on fielding, but you know, similar to Paul Conroy, and Paul Conroy created a lot of damage as well. So you have an opportunity. Do you put Conroy on Moran and put him on the back foot? And Rowan will try and put him on the back foot, or will both teams just go to man mark each? So, you know, do you see uh, uh, a Paul Kelly coming in, even a Dylan McHugh skipping out to midfield and just tagging that uh, as much as he can and, and negating that influence? Paddy Durkin is a huge loss to Mayo because if Paddy Durkin is playing for Mayo, you have to mark him. He is that good in attack uh, in terms of what he contributes, both in terms of shots, mainly in terms of shots and, and the scores that he gets, but also in terms of his pace and the what he brings into the field. So, yeah, do you counter and do you ask Paul Conroy to put him on the back foot? Because he will. Uh, and Matthew Rand would find that hard to mark. But if Matthew Rand puts uh, Paul Conroy on the back foot, it's going to be equally as, as tough. So it depends. Who gets a foothold on possession will be crucial to how the midfielders line up. Personally, I'd probably, for the first while, I'd like to ensure that someone is marking Matthew Rand, taking him out of the game. And then I think you're taking away a bit of a platform for Mayo uh, in terms of how do they get the ball into Ryan O'Donoghue and Killian if he's playing. That would be the key. Who, who are now the distributors and the kick passers? If Paddy Durkin is out, if Jordan Flynn is out through carrying, 
uh, and if Matthew Ruan is marked, you know, it could be a different type of game then. Michael, you mentioned it's a 50-50 game, but where, where do you feel may all just edge this? Well, 50-50, there's no edge in there. It's a draw. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, it's, it's, see, as I said, we're, we're, we're very much in the dark for the simple reason, as I said, we don't know the two teams, right? We don't know the two teams. Like, there's a huge element of this that we probably haven't touched about as well is the goalkeeping issue, right? Because if Robbie's out for, for, for Mayo, right, and, and Rory Byrne is in, and and um, Flaherty is out for, for, for Galway, which is a lot of talk that he is, and Gleeson goes in, right? There's going to be a huge element uh, put on the kickouts. And in fairness to Galway, I've watched them a good few times in Division 2 this year. They are starting, especially against Down in the first half, they really went after the press and they're really looking to press the kick out on, on all the goalies, right? So, you know, Robbie, Robbie is pretty good on, good on the press. He can get a short three-quarter and long. He definitely can. Rory is, 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 uh, is not as, I suppose, as, as dominant on the kick out as, as Robbie. Um, so I think he could have a huge, um, huge battle in the middle third for kick outs because I think... I, I don't for a second and, and no, absolutely no offence to Gleeson either. He hasn't got a short and Mayo have dominated his kick out when they played against him, you know, um, and he and he is, he, he's pretty dodgy if you ask me and Mayo are going to go after him. There's no two ways about it. If Gleeson is the old, Mayo are going to press the daylights out of his kick out. So then it's a case of, you know, can they win the battles around the middle of the field and Fade O'Shea is out there and Matthew Rowan, you know what I mean? So that's a huge part of the, the game. If, if whoever, whoever comes out nearly on top on the coast will probably win the game because they'll dominate possession and that's the way the modern game nearly is gone. So that, that's a huge, huge part of it. Flaherty as well, he has, you know, he has, he, you know, he, he's probably a better keeper than, than Gleason's, no, no doubt about it, he would, but that's why he's number one. But, you know, he, he could be under pressure as well when, when, when Mayo go really pressing him and real heat, I'm talking about championship heat, you know, there's 25, 30,000 on. It's okay when you're doing it in a cold, wet day and, and, and down and chipping the ball away or whatever like that. This is real pressure. Not alone is the pressure coming from the forwards that you're playing against or the opposition. It's coming from the line. It's coming from the, the stands. And I don't know, you know, how much of the, 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 the roar uh, that a lot of a lot of these guys have experienced, both Rory as well as, well, as, well as um, you know, Conor Gleeson or, or Flaherty. They haven't experienced this real in-game heat. Um, and it's been to see, what, you know, how they deal with that. Um, and probably the keeper that comes out on top, the, their team will probably win, if you ask me. Do you see a similar thing there, David? Yeah, I think it's a great point. So if, if both keepers are injured, I, I think Rory's played more league. Uh, Conor Gleeson is a fantastic shot stopper, by the way. I, I've never seen a better shot stopper, I think, at Inter-County. Some of the saves he's made for Galway are phenomenal. He does have a preference to go long. Uh, and I, I noticed Mayo in the FBD game this year, they didn't press Conor Flaherty once. I, I thought they were teeing him up for championship coming down the road. Uh, and I've watched Mayo even in a league game, was it last year? They'll put their two wing backs forward. They'll be really aggressive on the press. So, yeah, gaining possession from kickouts will be really important. You know, Galway were good on kickouts. Ross comment just didn't happen. You know, Galway have this cluster box kickout where they just do an overload and pump it into there. Ross Common were pushing the jumper. The ball was coming in behind. And then Ross Common were attacking and, and open them up. So Galway have a bit of work to do on their kickout. But actually, Galway's press and Ross Common kickout is quite good. Uh, and that's one area that Galway have got much better at um, and much more modern at, where they, they will do an aggressive push, particularly on Rory's, Rory Burns' kickout if, he, if he's in there at the start as well. May not have the same distance because, you know, if you do a press on Rob Henley's kickout, I just feel sometimes he has that zip to get it over even a half-back line and then you're causing a lot of trouble. So they, I think... They will have lost range um, as well. Conor Gleeson is a higher kick. 
you know, where Conor Flaherty can zip it through. I think all of the top keepers now are looking how fast can they get it out there, not how long they can get it as well. So, yeah, that you, you could watch the kickouts here alone. I think it'll be fascinating. And I think you'll see both teams, particularly after freeze, go man to man and even push some of their defenders forward, leaving some of the, uh, the opposition forwards free. So it could be, it'll be fun to watch. Danny, just um, touching, obviously, with Donegal, Armagh, there is some big uh, suspensions. They've all been um, rescinded. Um, what, do, what do you make of them all being rescinded, firstly? Well, uh, the Armagh suspensions have been rescinded. Donegal still are left with, with two suspensions. Uh, uh, McFerry and uh, Neil, Neil McGee. Um, McFerry would have been in and out, but Probably would have been would have been starting. Uh, Neil Gee probably wouldn't have been, and that's probably the reason why Dagnan Bonner didn't appeal. Now I'd say probably the fans and himself now looking at how Armagh did get off, whether it was technicalities or uh, just a, a straight win of an appeal. I think that they'll be kicking themselves a wee bit that they didn't go down that route on an appeal. I always I would always always appeal as a matter of. Um, principle um and that might sound a, a wee bit a wee bit uh, unsporting but i think when you look at the actual incident and stuff you know listen i was involved in in so much of that over the years and nothing done and i think we are in a dangerous territory where the j obviously are putting this thing out um, and this happens to be this year. It'll probably be different next year. At one time it was a hand pass. At one time it was something else, you know. And I think we are in danger of again, uh, you know, setting referees up here for major criticism. And some referees will, you know, love the wee bit of spotlight and the wee bit of limelight that comes along with us and picking boys out of the crowd. But you know, for me, it was. It was a lot of handbags. I don't think it was particularly dangerous. Um, and I think, you know, I think National League and Championship are two separate competitions. And I do believe for, you know, unserious incidents like that, I think there should be a clear separation in competitions, even if, if, if suspensions carry through the league next year, so be it. But championships are different and, and, and you have to feel for players that are suspended for championship games. It, it, it's grossly unfair given that that's where the big day is. So um, I'm sort of glad that, that Armagh players did get off um, and, and that they have a free pick. Um, Stephen Campbell's going to if he doesn't start, but he probably won't. He always makes an impact off the bench. Magan has been playing uh, regularly and playing extremely well. So again, he's going to be a big addition. But I'm not sure at this stage where Kieran McGinney will have, um, and I suppose no one gives her, he'll have made, he'll have made his decisions and he'll prepared uh, without those guys. So I'm not sure if they can just come in now straight away and just change the whole thing, uh, whether that will upset their momentum. Um, so I'm not sure if he will take that chance and change his lineup around, given the last number of weeks he, he's had the plan without it. So um, I think it's going to add to the, to the obviously, the spikes around the game. It's obviously going to add to the problems Geezer maybe has in picking the, the first 15 start, but it certainly gives them great options. Uh, to come on and change a game, which I feel Super Campbell in particular will do uh, and has done. 
Um, so, you know, if, if, if for me, looking at the game, if Armagh don't win Silver War soon, they're not going to win it under, under Geezer anyway. Um, I think he's done a tremendous job there to get them where they've got. The county board have been very loyal to him. And I think uh, the sort of, it's down to the players now, the sort of, they are in good shape. Uh, and they've every chance to go and win the game, albeit it'll be very difficult in Bally Buffet. But the one thing that they do have on their side is Mickey Murphy is probably 30, 31 now. He's not he's not 20, 21. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's sort of a different Donegal team than it was uh, 10 years ago. Michael, just before we do get into that game, like, do you feel the Malays have been an issue this year? Uh, look, look, yeah, it's, uh, you, I just think it's a joke, to be honest. I think it's a, a disciplinary thing in the GA. It, it, it's a complete joke, actually. You, you know, like, you tell him McKinnon is going to get off next because his, his, his manager is a barrister or a sister or whatever he is, and there's so many technicalities in it and stuff like that. I don't know, is, is the release been an issue? Um, it's just handbags, a lot of us pull, pushing and dragging and pulling and things like that. I don't think it is an issue, but... Um, like, like uh, my own personal opinion is 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 that uh, that we need to bring in, you know, as 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 the GAA probably need to bring in the, the linesmen in here and, and and have them as nearly official referees on the day, like you know, rather than just let's say holding the flag and saying if the ball is in or out, like you know, that's not good enough nowadays on 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 um you know on a high intercounty games where people are putting a lot of stake, like you know, like this now has changed because. You have to say Johnny Gall are probably favourites to win the game, um, but now it's come out that, that Armagh have the boys back and probably Armagh are going to shade it and could win the game. And next thing the boys from Johnny Gall have, have their year gone out, but they could have an extra defender and stuff like that um, in their side. But no, I don't think the Malays are, are, are a thing. They're always going to be in the GA. They've been in it since, since it started. Um, I don't think it's creeped in, in more so this year than anything else, but I definitely think we need to look at um, bringing in the linesmen and the umpire to a lesser degree. Um, and if you're suspended on the day, that's it. There's no point. There's no more appeals. There's no more technicalities. There's no more getting off because you have a good solicitor or a barrister or whatever it is, or you didn't write the name in Irish or with the wrong number. Sure, it's it's absolute. It's a joke. It's a complete joke. Um. So, yeah. No. To answer your question, I don't think these are the problem. They're always going to be in the GA. I think the problem is uh, this disciplinary the way the way it's given out and the way it's handed and. The authority given to maybe the two linesmen as well as the referee, or maybe a, a referee in each half or something like that, and, and look to the the other games that we have around the world and, and see can we we sort that out. And if you're suspended on the day, there is no appeal. That's it. Whether the if we've upped the um the ante in relation to referee that we trust them and you have to trust them, and that's the way the way it is. And you're suspended, and that's it. And looking at this uh, our mad Johnny goal game overall. Um, David, here I suppose with Armagh, um, it's a huge boost as, as we've all said now with them getting these players back. There's still doubts over Grugan and Macken, but like everyone was nearly given, I suppose, Donegal the advantage at the start of the week, and now it's just completely probably switched. Yeah, I can't call this one whatsoever. I think uh, Armagh are the most improved team that I've seen. Um, you know, I, I know they kicked off really well against Dublin, but I thought, you know, they had some great wins in the league. I would have always considered them, would they be in the top four? No, I think they're actually pushing on that. Uh, and then, you know, both teams are just both really good attacking teams, um, which is strange to say. I, I'm not even sure defensively they're that brilliant. You know, I, I think D Donegal kind of lacked that. But if 
look at some of the forwards and some of the kickers that are on show uh, the next day. This could be a really, really exciting game. I probably will be more attacking-minded as well than maybe uh, Galway Mayo. I think we'll see some better football, some more attacking football on it. Um, I, I think it has the makings of a really, really good game with some quality players, and, and they'll, they'll go for it, both teams. Danny, what, what is, like, I suppose everyone says this about Bally Buffet, it's so hard to go to, but, like, what makes it so difficult? Um, I think it's 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 a very it's a field where the the supporters are right on top of it. It really um, the changing rooms as well are um, actually not attached to the stand or uh, either stands. Sorry, so you have to walk through the crowd when you're coming out onto the field. You have to actually walk from from behind the the town end goal. And you have to come down into the middle under the stand, but you're mixing with all the supporters on the way there. Um, now, uh, not in saying that that's any kind of issue, but it's a very old-fashioned type of ground to go to. Um, you know, you are stuck in the in the past when we look at some of the stadium and stuff that's out there. Um, but you know, the crowd are in on top of you. There's also a, a slight favour, I would say, in, in shooting down against the town, down into that goal. It does feel as if there's a wee bit of a hill on the match and on the field. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's just a very, very tight ground. Suits Donegal. They're, they've always been, even before Jimmy McGinnis' time, a hand-passing team. With the, 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 it was a pass-and-move, hand-passing team. Um, and certainly... You would think Mickey Murphy, they're off the ground for, for the best part of a decade, has been absolutely phenomenal. And the thing about that is what that adds to you, uh, which is a wee bit different from our mass situation in terms of free kicks, is if if you're not with on momentum at that stage, that the point the point that you can chip away, chip away, chip away, and you can still keep in the game with with free kicks. Um, and that's a big thing in Donegal's favour, the fact that Mickey Murphy can do that and he can deliver that nine times out of ten. So, you know, he's either well used to Bally Buffet, I think, have they been beaten there in 10 years or 12 years, something like that, their, their championship record for the best part of a decade has been phenomenal there. So, um, certainly... Uh, Donegal are very, very formidable up there. But uh, as I said to you, um, I, I think this is a different Donegal team. I think they're going through a wee bit of a transition. Um, the fact that the Dagen Bonner only took the gig on for, for, for two years, I think probably says a lot. This It's now or never, I would say, for him as well. And, and the managers are actually very similar. They're in a very similar space, actually, with Kieran McGinney. He's been there eight seasons now. And Daglan Bonner will be close to that, maybe seven seasons. So um, by the time his tenure up. So they're, they're both in a similar space. Um, I think Armagh will have a wee bit more. They'll have a wee bit more of a younger squad there. Um, I think given how they started the league as well, there is huge potential there. And I think the fact that there were, what the only doubt that, that I have about Armagh in this game is they've went the last two matches there in the National League and they were beaten, beaten by Kerry um, and beaten by Donegal, funnily. Um, so, you know, that's maybe checked their, their, their momentum a wee bit. Um, but otherwise, they had a really good uh, National League campaign. But it'll all come down to Rain O'Neill versus Mickey Murphy in, in my mind. And Rain O'Neill turns up and does the business. 
Um, certainly Armagh will be far away. I think they have a stronger squad, wider squad. Um, and obviously, uh, uh, I just fancy them to, to nip it there and, and they could be serious contenders. I think on that side of the draw, they could be serious contenders for an Ulster title. And Michael, as an inside forward, um, do Donegal now need, like we've all seen the injuries Michael Murphy's picked up in the last few years, like is it time for him now just to stay in that square rather than this Roman run, or do you still expect that's just the way he's going to play with Donegal? It's just the way he's going to play with Donegal. It's just the way they play. He does kind of what he wants. Um, if I was him, I'd love to see him there for 70 minutes, but that doesn't work, you know, because like, the way it's gone, now, the way the game has gone nowadays, it's up and down. Like Positions, okay, absolutely. In some areas, they, they mean something, but yeah, if you're losing the ball, everybody's is nearly drifting back. You're getting 13, 12, 13 bodies behind the ball. Murphy is so big. He's very good tackler as well around the middle. You have to remember that. So why would you leave him there at 14? And he probably feeds himself. You know, like if you haven't been getting into the game, not that I'm saying that happens to him too often, but if you haven't been getting into the game, the best way to get into the game is probably to get a big tackler, try and get your hands on somebody or, you know, to be involved in the play some way, right? And the easiest way to do that is track the ball out track the play out and try and get, try and even help the team by slowing the ball down around the middle and stuff like that. Um, and otherwise, he, he just, he's he just, you know, sitting, waiting inside, waiting for the ball to come in and waiting for to get, to get the ball. Into them. But the other thing about it as well is he's probably better off coming off, off the shoulder on the loop because when they go and run the ball, you know, they have kickers, but they don't seem to be kicking the ball, you know, through the lines or 20, 30 thing passes in there. They're not really doing that. And I suppose, you know, Northern football is generally defensive. Um, so, you know, he probably feels himself he can easily, or Gellon scores a lot easier coming off the shoulder or coming on a loop or setting it up for somebody or a backdoor cut or whatever he wants to do rather than parking himself in on the square. But there is times where they can get it in. But I, I'm not sure that they're they're willing to kick as 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 um you know as quick as they are because you're giving away the ball. You see, so it, it depends on how, how what your managers are telling you to do. You know, are they saying to listen get the ball to the wings, let's get it in diagonal to Michael Murphy, or let's run it through the lines? There's times where you can do both. Um. But Donegal don't, don't seem to be doing that too often. They don't like giving the, the, the ball away too easily and too cheaply. And you can do that by the kick pass, especially championship football. You know, early on, you're giving away a kick pass and, you know, the, the crowd, you know, yourself, it goes in, the ball is patted down by the fullback, someone's sweeping up there at, at, at Michael Murphy's seat. The ball goes out and the crowd goes, <gasps> and suddenly, the, you know, the momentum comes out and it swings down the pitch and stuff like that. Um, so they don't want that earlier on. But definitely as it opens up, maybe... With, 15, 20 minutes to go, that's the, or 15, 20 minutes gone, that's the time to be putting, you know, testing one out, putting one in and see can they get a goal. Um, I know he got a goal against us in 2012, he's pretty good at that. Uh, <laughs> so um, they might do it early, maybe they will do it early, maybe the best time to do it is in the first two or three minutes, but I mean, try and catch a team out. Um, if I was the manager, I'd have him at, at, at 14 all day long and try and have McBurtie in around them and maybe Oshin Gallon, but I think he's injured. Um, or, or, or Jamie Brennan um, and see can they do different things like I think Johnny Gall to be honest if they wanted to go down the road of pressing high they actually could do it because um, they have good tacklers and they have athletic guys around the middle and like say Michael Lang will be back in the O'Donnells these are all fine runners with Ryan O'Donoghue or Ryan, um, Ryan McHugh um, and Brennan there in the back they've all very good runners like Fern Ferry um, and these guys so I think they actually could down, down the road to press and high if they if they if they if they wanted but they just seem to be retreating and that's why Murphy just goes out, out around the middle and doesn't stay at 14 so um yeah I, I would have him at 14 for as long as I could 
I think both teams might have a problem with who picks up the main men. Like, who will pick up Ryan O'Neill? You know, I suppose in the past you would have you know, really good defenders, Neil McGee, Ewan McGee, uh, Kiara Lacey, you know, really top uh, defenders that could do Man Morgan, Paddy McGrath. Um, all them guys could do a Man Morgan job on the same Armagh. Who picks up Murphy? Like Aidan Fogger, he tends to do a Man Morgan job, but will he have the will he have the height for Maggie Murphy as the ball's going in high and long? Um, so again, I I think both teams will have maybe an issue with with how they defend, um, how they Man Mark some of the main players on the opposition team, and certainly, I think Michael makes makes a good point. Where Mickey, you would want Mickey Murphy at this stage being in a full forward, but whether he's utilised well enough in there, um, it could be something that Armagh have in the past. How they fall fallen down is defensively. It's not up front. Certainly from midfield up, um, they they haven't uh, they haven't had major problems there. It's their defence which has always been the the chink in their armour. And Jarlis Bourne's being moved to left half back as well. He's a big big player for them. Um, but he's doing a lot of roaming forward. But again, it's the basics of, of the defending, the killing the other Armagh defenders, um, uh, can they negate, obviously, Jarlath uh, Oaks uh, forward for his. Um, I'm not sure, but James Morgan, you can't put James Morgan in Mickey Murphy because he'll just fire him all day long. And, and James Morgan, good enough defender as he is, totally indisciplined in the tackle. And unfortunately, um, you know, he he will give up freeze and that's that's where I see a big challenge for for both teams obviously in their in their man marking ability. So I was just by the way, you know. David is is Burn someone you feel that might go on to um, Ryan McHugh this weekend? I've I've no idea and I've no idea where Ryan McHugh will play. I've, I've been watching him and I don't know is he an attacking halfback? Sometimes he's an inside forward, so I think he's. He's drifting everywhere. I think his his role will be crucial, um, because he, he's the one that links the play. Um, you know, for a carrying team, you, you're looking at players to see the links of play from defence to attack. But um, yeah, I, I, I think this will be. Uh, yeah, I, I do think this will be an open game. I, I went back and had a look at the league game. There was such a big impact there on kickouts, uh, and Donegal have a slight edge on kickouts. But I think in the general play, if this goes from end to end, one side to one side, I'd say Armagh have the edge. That if it's a real high tempo game with, with lots of turnovers, just our ma have a huge mobility and they they can attack in many different ways. So I give them the edge. But if this is uh, this game comes down to kickouts, Donegal have a really good kickout press. They have a good keeper, uh, and that that is their competitive advantage. I do take Danny's point. Looked at the league game, uh, Donegal hit eight from nine from freeze, uh, and that was a big uh, big turnaround. Um, Armagh had our, yeah Armagh had six frees, but Armagh had eighteen shots from play that day for points. They only scored seven, um, so their their shooting was off. Even though, so that that's a game they probably should have won. So kickouts for me will be uh, interesting to watch in that one again. And on that, I suppose Armagh goalkeeping situation is interesting, David, because Blaine News I suppose played the first three or four games. Now Ethan Rafferty's in there. He's an outfielder, and you could see him maybe in some league games really. <coughs> Going for the risky stuff. Yeah, but this is getting more and more, you know, the, the trend in Gaelic football. And it's no coincidence as well that Kieran Donaghy is playing such a big role, plays with Stacks, and they did the exact same thing in Stacks, where they put an outfield player in 
um, who was very effective there. So it does offer you a different dimension. You know, th there's a couple of trends coming in and Danny mentioned another one. There isn't uh, a lot of inside man-marking defenders out there right now. Uh, and goalkeepers need to be able to play out the middle of the field uh, more and more. So yeah, these are just modern trends that's going to happen in the game. We're probably going to see more and more of it. And, and Michael, who do you see having um, the upper hand here this weekend? Oh yeah, very, look, very, very tight. Um, I'd agree with Dave uh, on, on the kickouts. It depends who wins that. Um, and and it's, it's it's very hard to call, to be honest. This, this will be a very good game. It wasn't the male ball game. This is going to be uh, a, a, good, a good game this weekend. Um, possibly just Armagh. I think they, they might be just a, a younger team at the minute. Um, uh, and, and where they are in their, I suppose, uh, trajectory, they might be just they might be just good enough to win this one. Um, Donegal are probably under a bit of pressure. Um, with with Declan Manor coming back and Stephen Rockford in there, and they, you know, they mean getting their, getting their players back. Um, and they, they've been beaten the last couple of years in in Dunning, in 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 uh, in Ulster football. So there's probably pressure. There's pressure on the two teams. I think you know, obviously, our man started the league really really well, and and and, and uh, you know, everybody kind of you know perked up their ears and and their eyes uh, when they bet Dublin in, in Crow Park and. You know, I suppose we didn't know then where the Dublin team was, but we, we now know. So maybe it wasn't as much of a, a result as, as, as it was back then or at the start. And But then they went on and they were top of the league. Um, And they could have, you know, I, I know I was at the game against uh, Mayo. They could have beaten Mayo that day in, in Roscommon as well. Probably a lot of um lack of experience, I'd nearly say. Um, bombing in high balls when, you know, even if they held on to the ball a bit better, they might have been, they might have definitely sneaked a draw. Uh, I don't think they'd have lost it anyway. Uh, on that day, so have they learned from that? Maybe, maybe they have. Maybe they just needed a Division One league to 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 play the big teams and understand the big day. You know, the big game plays uh, in around the championship time, the championship moments that they have them now, and they understand. You know what I was in that before. Now I know what to do, and uh, and this time I recycle and I go a bit safer when we're ahead or when we're behind. So I think maybe, maybe just just our man might 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 shed um, if, if if I was to put someone someone forward. Danny, you've mentioned as well, you feel um Armagh are going to get over the line, but like there's been like huge progress under Geezer, I suppose, when he initially took them over. But I suppose to knock Donny Gall out in Bally Buffet could, would be massive for them, but also like win this, the route is a lot easier compared to the other side to an Austin final. Of course it is, and, and they'll play the winners at Calvin and, and uh Antrim. Yes, so you know you would see them. You would see either Armagh or Donegal um, if they won through uh, winning that, and then they're into those the final. And again, you'll have a team like Throne or Derry or Monaghan will have came through that hard, uh, that harder side. So uh, there's a great, there's a fantastic opportunity for Armagh um, if they can get through. And let's let's be frank about it. If Armagh can't beat Donegal. In Valley Buffet, um, which is a very, very difficult ground to go and win. If they can't do it, they're not going to win an Ulster title. They're not going to go and progress in an All Ireland series. I would say they need to go there and they need to win. And it, and it is time. It is time for the players to probably repay the faith that Geezer has shown in them as well. There's an element where management can do everything, and and they do receive a lot of criticism. They receive a lot of. Um, advice from several different quarters from us pundits about how they should play or were, you know, players that you pick up. But certainly when you send them out over the white line, it is 
fall down to the players to go and deliver. Um, and certainly, it's a great opportunity for Armagh to go uh, to Bally Buffet and, and deliver a result. And it'll do them the world of good. It'll do them, it'll, it'll really lift them from a psychological perspective. So for, for them, they've been there a couple of weeks ago and get narrowly beaten, as, as David David uh, said with the stats. Obviously, when you when you look at it, it's a game that they should have won. When you look at it that way, um, they missed the missed points that they did have. And I would say they would have focused. And that's before, you know, Michael... Uh, David all be aware of this the amount of forensic analysis that gets done post um, post National League getting ready all teams getting ready for the championship they end up focused in on every one of those shots that they did take and, and how to improve and how to get those extra percentages so I think Arma uh, Arma are, are in good shape winning the suspension giving them a bit of a lift decent National League campaign but I would go back you know, this is going to be a very, very tight game. It's going to be a uh, point, two points either way. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it went extra time, um, certainly. But I just feel that it's now or never for Armagh. And I think the players even would realise that themselves. Um, so I just think they'll have a wee bit more, even coming off the bench, to 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 win through there. So certainly for me, it's a slight edge to Armagh, but it's only slight. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely going to be another uh, fascinating game. Um, on today's podcast, we we're just having a look at them two games, Gawai Mayo, of course, and Donegal are uh, the two key games on Sunday. Um, but that's all on today's show. And um, we'll be back next week with a review of all the action. But thanks a million for your time, lads. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Thanks.